0: Philippians chapter two. Just going to read a little bit here. It starts off in verse five. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being of the form of God, though would not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon the form of a servant, and made, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also had highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And their every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's pray. Father God, I ask for your cleansing, your washing and your precious blood. I ask that you would help us. I pray the Holy Spirit uh, would just demonstrate that this book is true and these words are true. Help us this night, I pray, just to receive a blessing from heaven, to be changed forever, to be different, to leave here, to go in one way and come out a different way. We would be changed just a little bit, chip away at the old nature, bring us into the newness of life, and bring us to a place of just complete surrender unto you this night. We thank you for being so good. I thank you that you use the foolishness of preaching to change life, to change them that believe. So help us, we pray, this day. Uh, Help us in weakness to see your greatness. And we thank you for all these things you put before us. And we ask this, and I I, I just pray for an attempt to be be able to uh, put these things that you've taught me and put them uh, before these people. We thank you for this, and we thank you for all these things. In Jesus' loving name, amen. As we begin, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 9 says again, Wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. There's a name tonight that is precious. The name above every other name. The sweetest name for any believer should be the name of Jesus. It should be the sweetest name that any believer should ever should ever come out of a person's mouth. It should be the sweetest name. Because it's the sweetest name in heaven. Amen? If we we could just... Imagine what it's like in heaven today. What is going on at this very moment in heaven? Um, There is something so beautiful when a Christian speaks it. It should be Jesus, 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 the precious name. There is something so wrong when this world uses it, this that same precious name with a gutter language of profanity. There is something so wrong with that. And Christian, uh, you're you're told not to be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. There is the power of God and salvation to everyone that believe it that name is precious. Profanity is when we take something holy and use it as common, and when you can take the name Jesus and use it as a common day to day thing, it is profanity. but the name of Jesus was never meant to be treated as common. it was never meant to be treated as common. The reason this word uses it to profane profane way is because there's power in that name. There's power in the name of Jesus. You know, uh, no matter what religion you are brought up with, you know what religion is? Turn to Matthew. Hold your place there. Go to Matthew chapter 23. Religion, of any description, is looking on the outward appearance. The Bible says in verse 27, Jesus talks about the Pharisees. says, Woe unto you, scribes, and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like unto white sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. That's what religion is. That's why we have—we're not into this religious business. We're into a relationship with the Savior. Amen. A relationship, a fixed relationship. No matter what the culture is, there's one name above every other name, no matter if you are a devout evolutionist. You know, you take an evolutionist and they believe all these kind of things, you put him in the front line of battle and see if he's an evolutionist. You put him in the trenches of World War I and you see if he's an evolutionist. You take an atheist, you put him up 10,000 feet in the sky, you tell him the two engines have died, and you're going to crash, you're going to die, he will cry out to God. He will cry out to the name of Jesus. Because he knows, even an atheist, knows that name is above every other name. Because he has a name that's above every name. A name that's above every name. You see, that name is holy. Let me show you three reasons why that name is above every name. The first reason is because of who he was and is. Philippians chapter 1, please. Philippians chapter 1. It's good to know the name of Jesus. That name, Jesus, is the name of victory. Bible says in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. It's chapter 2, verse 1, sorry. If there, if there be there for any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having having the same love, being of one accord, of one to another. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in loneliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. That's humility. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, though it not robbery to be equal with God. You see, who? Because of who he was. He was God in the flesh. He was the only begotten Son of God. You know, it's, it's interesting. Go to Colossians, the next book over. In the New World Translation, which is the Jehovah's Witness Bible, they missed this verse. At least they did. They might have, uh, they might have uh, taken it out since. But it says in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9, and it reads very similar in the New World Translation, which is Jehovah's Witness Bible, it says, For in him dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Amen? He was fully God, 100%. He was equal in every way with the Father, verse 6. Equal. In the Old Testament, he's known as Jehovah, the I Am, the Eternal Living One. In Matthew chapter 1, He's known as Savior. In Matthew chapter 1, I love how the humility of who Jesus was, I love the fact it is so simply put, in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21, and she shall bring forth his son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. His name is Jehovah in the Old Testament. His name is Jesus in the New. All those names in between are all attributed to the same person. That should be person. Let me give you some of these names. Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. In Judges 6.24, it talks about the first mention of Jehovah Shalom. But let me see what Mark says. I want you to see that same Name, Jehovah Shalom, attributed to Jesus. Mark chapter 4, in verse 39, after the disciples are on that ship and the storm comes and they're all scared out of their wits. In Mark 4, in verse 39, the Bible says, And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still! And the wind ceased, and there was great calm. Amen. He's Jehovah Shalom. Elohim. God creator. Genesis 1 1. Who knows Genesis 1 1? Go ahead. Well, what is Genesis 1 1? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't realize. Go ahead, Martin. Amen, amen. And you will find in Colossians, in Colossians, just a few, in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 17, the one that holds everything together, the one that keeps your heart beating, the one that keeps the oceans and everything around you, every atom in this universe, In Colossians 1 verse 17, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. You see, he's still holding things together. Elohim. What about Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals? It's over there in Exodus chapter 15. Let's just take time to look at these. Exodus 15 and verse 26. This is the first mention in the Bible of Jehovah Rapha. Exodus 15. And verse 26, the Bible says, And said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have, I have uh, brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. He's Jehovah Rapha. And Matthew chapter eight. Matthew chapter eight. I'm not going to go through them all, by the way, because there's over 16 of them. Names of God. But in Matthew, just want to give you a bit of a taste. In Matthew chapter eight and verse 16. The Bible says about Jesus. When the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out all of uh, out of the spirits which with his word, and healed all that were sick, all that were sick, all that came to him. He was truly Jehovah Rapha. There's Jehovah, Jehovah Shama, uh, the Lord is there. It's in Exodus forty-eight and Philippians chapter four, verse five, which says the Lord is at hand. Jehovah, uh, the Lord our righteousness. It's in Jeremiah 23, verse 6. But well, let's look at Revelation chapter 19. Revelation 19 and verse 11. The Bible says, speaking about Jesus, and I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. You see, the same character in the Old Testament, the same characteristics in the New Testament. There was, I don't know why this is happening, but El Shaddai, the Lord God Almighty, Genesis seventeen one, Isaiah 9, 6, Revelation chapter 1, verse 8, says he, the one that is to come, he is the Almighty. Jehovah-Jireh the Lord will provide. It's funny, Jehovah-Jireh It's right in the first mention in the Bible of jehovah Jireh is when Abraham is sacrificing Isaac. What a picture. And we know the story. The story is Abraham is sacrificing Isaac. Abraham goes to the very, very end where he's ready to split the throat of his only son. And then God steps in. And God provides a ram caught in the thicket. And the picture there is that God of the Old Testament is Jehovah-Jarrah, and then you'll see in the New Testament over and over again, the feeding of the 5,000, uh, all the different miracles that Jesus did, the, the turning of water into non-alcoholic wine, amen? You will see that it was Jehovah, Jesus was and is Jehovah-Jarrah. Jehovah, is about the Lord of hosts. It's in 1 Samuel 1.3. It's yet to be fulfilled, Amen. One day Jesus is going to come back, and he's going to be the Lord of hosts, and he's going to lead his army. And we're going to be following him. Amen. You see, it was not robbery for the name of Jesus to be equal with God. Listen. What a name. Let me show you. Let me show you something though that's above that name. Uh, Psalms 138. You know, um we all get impressed seeing Jehovah and the fullness of his name. But there's something even above his name. And I don't think we fully understand it. Psalm 138 verse 2 says this, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou is magnified Thy words, above all thy name. His words, his word that you have in your hands, it's above all those names. You understand? You take the name of God, you take that name, Jehovah, it's above all of that. No wonder the Bible says in Second Timothy. Let's look at 2 Timothy because... 2 Timothy chapter 2, in verse 19, the Bible says this, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are His. The Lord knoweth them that are His. And let every one that nameeth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Amen? The Bible tells us that if we, if we, if we take that name... That precious name. If we call ourselves Christian, and we can live anyway in this world, we're bringing shame to that name. Amen? we got to keep that name seriously. See, it was not robbery for that name to be equal with God. He's the I Am of Exodus 3. Uh, over there in John chapter 8, verse 58, he says to the Pharisees, he says, before Abraham was, I Am. He uses the I Am. He is the rock of Exodus 176 that uh, that Moses was to smite once, only once. and over there in First Corinthians chapter 10, let's go over there first Corinthians. you'll find he always he always was there. Exodus our first Corinthians chapter. 10 and verse 4, the Bible says, And did all drink of the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Amen? It's right there. It shows us who that rock was in the Old Testament. He is the man that fed them in the wilderness. He is the, he is the reason their clothes never wore out, in Deuteronomy chapter 8. He is the Word made flesh. Could you imagine Jehovah of the Old Testament, uh, the God of the Old Testament, becoming flesh and walking amongst us? How humble is that? How amazing is that? No wonder the Bible says in First Timothy, if I could show you 1 Timothy, Paul speaking of the incarnation, says this: it says, and without controversy, 1 Timothy 3:16. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of agents, preached on the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. You see the full cycle of his life. Amen. All the way from the manger to the cross. You see what the Savior did. The world made flesh. Every attribute of Jehovah is attributed to Jesus. He is the Almighty, Isaiah 9, 6, and Revelation chapter 1, verse 8 says, He that coming is the Almighty. He's is Emmanuel, Isaiah 7, and he is the beginning and the end, the first and the last. What a name. What a name. Because of what he did. Philippians chapter 2. Because of what he did. You know, uh, in this Christian journey, you will find that there's a lot that happens. Uh, usually, there's times where you're flat in your face. You're, you feel like you can't go forward. You feel like quitting. You feel like giving up. But you've got to understand, Jesus went all the way. Amen? Uh, Jesus never quit. We shouldn't either. You've got to keep going. Keep plowing the land. There are souls out there that need to be saved. What? Because of what he did. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 7 says, And made himself of no reputation, and took on the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as man, he humbled himself, and became obedient to death, even the death with cross. You've got to understand that God, the, 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 the God of the Old Testament, The the word of the Old Testament, uh, the the glory that was his, was in the very, something we can never even possibly imagine. Uh, He left that glory. He he was way up beyond our understanding. He left the glory of heaven, came all the way to the very, very gutter. He went into the miry clay, and he took our feet out, and he put us on a solid rock. Amen? Amen. Um, that is mind-boggling. You know, people may fail you. Uh, You might find things that happen in the Christian life where you feel like turning your back and walking away. But when you realize what he did for you, you can never do that. You can truly never do that. Because he did it for you, he did it for me. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is, greater love had no man to lay down his life for his friends. He did it for you, he did it for me. And you know, you may at times be like giving up, quitting, but you can't because he did it for you. It was personal. Amen. It was personal because of what he did. He came amongst us for a single purpose. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says, For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, set down with the right hand throne of God. He He put up with everything for a selfless motive of giving his life for all. Let me show you John chapter 12. John chapter 12. You know, sometimes we just need to realize all over again what the Savior did for us, what he truly did for us. And really, you can only fully understand it when the Holy Spirit shows you it. In John chapter 12, the Bible says in verse 27, Now is my soul troubled, And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I unto this hour. He did it for you, he did it for me. And there was times where he faced that cross. You know, uh, when, before his ministry began, and uh, he must have known that 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 this was his journey. He must have known, even when he was 12 years of age, he goes into the temple, and he's He's talking with the with the doctors and, and the and the teachers in there, and he says to Mary, uh, Mary and Joseph, come and they see him, and they they, uh, they 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 say to him, you know, son, we're worried about you. Well, where were you? And he says, Do you not know? I need to be. I was I had to be about my father's business. So there was always something. There was always something that Jesus knew even before his ministry began. I believe. He knew the cross was before him. What a wretched, for uh, a wretched sinner just like you and I. You know, I like if you go to Luke chapter five. Luke chapter five. I love the humility of Peter. And I hope there's times in our lives where we're like Peter in this verse. After Peter sees the miracle of all these fish and how this Jesus, this, this, uh, this person he called Master is just, is bigger than a Master. It says in verse 8, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. See, when you understand the true nature of Jesus, you will it's almost like the light shines on you and you realize that you, how, how unclean you are before him. For a wretched sinner just like you and I, for a world that, does, that has been blinded. 2 Corinthians 4 4 says, In whom the God of this world, the devil, blinded the minds of them, believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine unto them. He made himself of no reputation. Listen, we don't fully understand. And we never probably will on this side of eternity fully understand what it means to have no reputation. You know, everybody likes a little bit of reputation. I mean, Dan, could you imagine having no reputation? No one looking up to you? Nobody. I mean, no reputation. See, as Jesus, you know, when Jesus' ministry began, in Mark chapter 1, it says his fame went all abroad. But when Jesus... Uh, goes and talks to Peter and says, Peter, I'm going to the cross. I'm heading to the cross. And in, in John chapter 6, he talks about, if you eat my flesh and drink my blood, he's preparing them for the cross. And as soon as he goes to the cross, all the disciples that follow him leave him. And in, and in, in the John chapter 6, there's only a few, there's only disciples there. He says, will you also go away? I love what Peter said. Peter says, Lord, where shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. There's nowhere else to go. I I love Peter for that. Because Jesus made himself of no reputation. In John chapter 13, it talks about Jesus putting on a girding himself and getting down on on his knees and washing the feet of the disciples. And if you really understand John chapter 13, he must, he must have washed the feet of Judas Iscariot. So could you imagine, you think you think a certain level, but just realize just how humble the Savior went all the way to the very gutter, very, very gutter, to save a sinner like me and you. He made himself of no reputation. We all like to have some regard. Some He knew that even his disciples would falter. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 26, Matthew chapter 26, the Bible says in verse 56, but all this was done that the scripture, scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. All of them. He knew that one day would come. He knew that his own family would doubt him. Father Bible says in Mark, Matthew and Mark, chapter 3, and the context here when it says friends, it's really brethren, his family, his own. It says in uh, Mark, chapter 3, verse 21, and when his friends heard of it, they went out to lay hold on him for they said, he is beside himself. Can you imagine having your own family, and there's there's doubt there? He knew what it was to feel to feel rejection. It says in Psalm 22, verse 1, it says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And it wasn't David that was saying that, because over there in Psalm thirty seven it says, David says, uh, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. So it must have been a picture of him on the cross. But the cross was his goal. Amazing, amazing thing. Could you imagine if, if your goal was to one day suffer like no man ever, ever suffered? Could you imagine if that was your whole focus? Everything you did was to prepare you for that. What a love. What a love. He suffered the anguish of pain because he loved you. He loved you with a pure, pure purpose. He he suffered all that was possible. The reason he, he did it is because he loved you. He proved it. Amen? He didn't just say he loved you. He proved his love towards you. When his own nation rejected him, he knew it was all for a purpose. The cross was his goal. His ultimate focus was that old, rugged cross. The ugliness of the cat-of-nine-tails, the mock trial, the in the kangaroo court, the ridicule as they mocked and spit upon him, all was pale compared to the cruelty of the cross. He suffered like no man ever suffered. He suffered the anguish of pain because he loved you. He put up with the mocking of the soldiers because he loved you. In his final breath on the cross, the second last thing he said was, it is finished. It is finished. And he did it all because of that great love. Let me show you Psalm 22. Psalm 22. You know, it's amazing. But I've I've often found that it's only through the the Holy Spirit of God that you can just imagine what it was like for Jesus on that cross. But in Psalm 22, the Bible says in verse 13, they gaped upon me with their mouths as a revening and a roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, it is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws, and thou hast brought me into the dust of death. You see that? that, that almost like when you, you put yourself, and you can imagine what it was like. the Savior of this world, who was the perfect Lamb of God, never sinned one time, lived the perfect life, fulfilled every Old Testament law, 613 Old Testament laws, he fulfilled them. Amen? Did everything he was supposed to. And there he is on that cross, all alone, suffering the rejection. And even the Father has to turn his back. And that's why Jesus says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because of where he is today. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Because of where he is today. You know, um, I'm so glad to be a child of the king. I really am. Uh, there's, no, there's no place I'd rather be than right here. There's no ambition. I'd rather fulfill than preach the old book. Amen? Philippians chapter 2. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, in verse 9, Wherefore God also had highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of the things in heaven, of things on earth, and things under the earth, because of where he is today. Seated at the heavenly places. Notice the right hand, the position of power. Notice the expression, highly exalted him. God the Father has highly exalted him and given him a name that's above every other name. Amen? Amen. Highly, highly exalted, worthy of all praise. If we could imagine, Revelation, please, if you could. If we could imagine what it's like in heaven. You know, part of our Lord's prayer was, as it is in heaven, so it would be inert. And in Revelation, you will see, through the Apostle John, you will see what is going on. And in Revelation chapter 4, and in verse 8, the Bible says, And the four beasts, and each of them six wings above them, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. That is the theme of heaven. Heaven is, is heaven because of Jesus. Amen. Worthy of all praise. Worthy to open the book, the seven seals. In Revelation chapter 5, the Bible talks about a book. and It says, And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written with in." and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaim with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven, nor in earth, near under the earth, was able to open the book, near to look thereon. This is none other than the title deed of this earth. And when Adam fell into sin, and when the human race was plunged into sin, that title deed was taken away. No man was found worthy. John weeps much because of this. But look who appears in verse 6. The Bible says, And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. The lamb that was slain before the foundation of this earth. Imagine the worship of a hundred million angels saying this in verse 11. The Bible says, And I I beheld and heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and in the beast and the elders, and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand, thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive, receive power and riches and wisdom and strength, and honor and glory and blessing. One day, in heaven, we realize the power, the preciousness of that name that is above every other name. Imagine a hundred million angels, and there's one thing worthy is the lamb that was slain before the foundation of this earth. What a name. Rightful judge of mankind. The rightful judge of mankind a name that's profaned today in the gutter yet one day probably very very soon will be a name highly exalted lifted above all other names a name that's is, that is ridiculed and mocked more than any religious name it's not buddha you know a a buddhist doesn't stamp his toe and go oh buddha he goes oh jesus uh not muhammad not krishna but Jesus. Why is that? Well, how come even a Muslim, uh, when he feels like cursing, he takes the name of Jesus? There's power in that name, amen? A name that is usually associated with a curse word. A name that is profaned more than any other name ever spoken. Yet, hath the name of Jesus. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 says, Wherefore God highly exalted him and given a name which is above every, every name, that hath the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father as the Father looks on. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. There is no exceptions. Nobody ever living, there's, there's no exceptions. Every person that has ever lived or will live. Every angelic being that was ever created. Every cherubim or servant about the throne. Uh, every demon that ever existed. Every creature in heaven or under this earth. Every creature that was, was and is. One day will bow the knee and cry out, "Jesus is Lord." Every preacher, listen, that Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory of God the Father. Every atheist, Psalms 14:1 says, "The fool has said in his heart, there is no God." Every evolutionist, there's Stephen Hawking, uh, as brilliant of a, as a mind he has, he's a fool. Every agnostic, people who say they don't, they don't know what to believe. Well, listen, one day you'll know what to believe. It'll be clearly said to you, Jesus is Lord. Every religious leader, I don't care how high they are put up there. You know, that man, Pope Francis, has the command of one billion Catholics. But one day, he will bow the knee to Jesus Christ. One day he'll confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, Vicar of Christ, Holy Father. One day he will bow the knee, amen? Every ruler that ever ruled, every rich man and poor man alike, there is no difference. One day you will bow the knee. Every icon this world has, has ever paraded. There's George Michael, what a tragic life. When you think about it, 50 odd years. And think of all, the, think of all in 2016. How many of them have, have died, have just ceased to exist? And one day their soul, their soul is eternal. Every world leader that ever influenced this world, I don't care who you are, President Obama, one day you'll bow the knee unto Jesus Christ, his Lord. One day, everybody in this room will bow the knee to Jesus Christ, our Lord. Even if you're Christian or non-Christian, you will bow the knee to Jesus Christ, who is Lord. Every angel, every fallen angel that sided with Lucifer, listen, even Satan himself, shall bow bow the knee and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. One day it's going to be. Probably very, very, very soon. Because Jesus has a name that's above every other name. Let me give you a conclusion. Who is this lowly capitalist son known simply as Jesus? I mean, what a a life. He never ruled an army, yet he is ruler of all. He never held any earthly office, yet he is in the highest office in heaven this day. He never traveled more than 200 miles around Israel. And yet he accomplished so much. There's millions of believers who followed him. He walked everywhere he went, yet he was God incarnate. How humbling that must be to walk everywhere you you go. I know uh, that one time I worked in Fitzpatrick Manhattan Hotel in New York. And, uh, the Taoiseach was coming to stay in the hotel. And they'd all this, they'd, they'd all the place sealed up. They, they, the secret service, uh, they all this stuff. I mean, it was, it was crazy. Uh, just for the Taoiseach. Jesus went everywhere. He just walked around. He didn't have any security. He was just the lowly Jesus. That's why we love him. Amen. That's why we love him. And that's why we devote our lives to him. Because he was different than all the rest. He never once was violent, yet he possessed all power. He never wrote a book, yet a multitude of books are written about him. Think of all the books. Think of of, of that book before you, and how many books are written about that book? Because he has a name that's above every other name. Because of who he was and is, the Alpha and the Omega. Because of what he did, redeem mankind back to himself, because of where he is today seated at the right hand of the father amen he came first as savior to all who will believe and i hope today you know the savior i hope it's not a pretense you know you can you can be in a church and you, everybody can think you're saved but you, you you know inside you're not saved and listen it's tragic but i've seen people come and i've seen people i've seen people Ah, truly. It's sad to know that people come but they never get saved. It's really, really tragic. Only you know. Don't take anyone's opinion on it. You need to know you're saved. 100%. Not 99%. 100%. Amen? He's coming back again to judge this world. Are you ready? Are you truly ready? Christian, are you ready? I mean truly, or are you just pretending? Are you just living a life and it's just one foot in the world, one foot in Christianity? And it's a compromise. You're the biggest hypocrite in this room. Because you can't you can't just live one way and be one way be be, be another way in church. You can't do that. You you gotta get real with yourself and realise that one day you will stand before a holy, holy God. And you will bow the knee and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. His name is truly above every name, every name that's ever existed. Let's let's stand, because. Father, I thank you so much for being so good to us. I do pray you help us now. And thank you for all these things. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.